And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Welcome. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors. What pulls you forward in life? Have you ever given any thought to that? Today, we will explore this subject with Alan Cox. Alan is a top CEO, team, and board advisor and author. He's the best-selling author of 12 books, including Confessions of a Corporate Headhunter and Your Inner CEO. And we'll be talking about some of the things that he's written about over the years. But first, I'd like to talk to you briefly about somebody who I've known for a number of years that passed away on Friday, and you may have read about it in the newspaper. I run and have run a ministry with some other people since 2001 with the dot-com crash, and it's been focused on helping people that are in transition, and we meet once a week. We've helped over 6,000 people since we began, and today we have over 1,300 people who are participants in our program. We offer workshops and speakers. The individual who passed away on Friday was internationally renowned. His name is Richard Bowles. Richard, or Dick, wrote What Color Is Your Parachute?, which is considered a classic today, having sold over 10 million copies worldwide, and it's never been out of print. The Library of Congress calls it a classic American self-improvement book and includes it with How to Win Friends and Influence People, the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, and in the list of 25 books that have shaped readers' lives. Dick called this a practical manual for job hunters, and it is a job market guide to help readers really not find a job, but understand themselves. He believed that if you are in transition, the most important thing is to have a firm ground to stand on. And once you have firm ground, then you can deal with change. He was an ordained Episcopal minister until 2004. Dick also wrote, among other books, Three Boxes of Life and How to Get Out of Them. Dick was very generous with his time and helped with a number of programs like ours, particularly when we were going through the recession of 2007 to 2009 and actually went on beyond that in terms of the people getting back on their feet. So we wanted to bring this to your attention. He is a, was an excellent person, a good person to follow, and certainly has some books that would be helpful for anyone that is looking for some advice on how to proceed with their career in life. Today, our guest is somebody I've known since the early 1980s. His name is Alan Cox. He is a CEO, top team, and board advisor and author. He began his career in executive search and executive assessment, serving on the management committee of Spencer Stewart, one of the largest search firms in the world. Then he went on to found his own practice that bears his name. In the last 30 years, he has provided invaluable support and development to corporate leaders throughout America. His work has focused on corporate alignment, counseling CEOs and direct reports, facilitating top management and board retreats, and helping articulate corporate purpose, uniqueness, and method. He is the author of 12 books, beginning with the first one, Confessions of a Corporate Headhunter, which is the first book ever written about the executive search profession, to CEO and You, which he authored in 2013. He's also been a prolific writer, having written for the New York Times, Chief Executive, 
across the board, industry week, training and development, success, advertising age, and other airline magazines. He is also was the author of a syndicated or of a lot, yes, a syndicated column in the Los Angeles Times Syndicate titled The Achiever. Alan, welcome to the show. You are our guest mentor for today. Thanks, Tom. Good to be here. As I was preparing for the show, one of the questions that came up, particularly when it comes to people like you and all the success that you've had and certainly the changes in direction that you've taken, who have been your key mentors? And what was some of the advice you got along the way? Well, I'll tell you, there there were several in my youth. Sometimes when I'm asked, uh, how, did you, uh, how did you learn what you needed to do to make some of the major decisions you made in life? I say, you know, strong. I had a couple of strong parents. Uh, I went to a church that was full of uh, life and vitality, and I was very active in it and had many, many friends. And we had a youth director who was just... Uh, as solid as anybody can be, and he was very supportive of me and some of my adolescent uh, concerns and mismanagement of life and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, so I would have to say that youth director was extremely important, and then the pastor of the church I went to. And then uh, I had an opportunity to work in a local YMCA I grew up in Oak Park, Illinois, and there's a uh, there's a, a, a YMCA program there that I think is really outstanding, and I had a chance to uh, actually have several jobs. They moved me around quite a bit, but there was a guy there who was sort of a programming chief for the uh, his name was Keith Ackman, and last I knew, I don't think he's doing this anymore, but he'd moved out to Redondo Beach to be head of the Chamber of Commerce. But he taught me a lot, and uh, uh, he himself uh, had been a Methodist minister. So uh, there was a spiritual element to what we uh, carried on together, and so you can you can sort of see that when I talk about my own pastor, my youth director, and the guy I worked with at the uh, YMCA, all who had pretty strong spiritual roots that were that were very. Uh, very powerful for me and very comforting, I guess you could say, and confidence building. So anyway, those were the people who were uh, most obvious as I think about that. There were others as I went along, professors and so on. But early in life, uh, including my father, my mother, those are the people who uh, uh, were very foundational for me. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors, and I'm your host, Tom Laurie. When I come back, I will be joined again with Alan Cox, who is a top CEO, team, and board advisor and author. We will be exploring what pulls you forward. My health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. What do a stay-at-home mom, a college student, and a firefighter have in common? They're all HopeInACan.com work-from-home business owners. Join our team and you can be the same. You'll work from home, full-time or part-time, around your schedule. You'll be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And you'll make a difference in people's lives here and around the world. In 1995, Dr. Ted Kalagris, the research doctor behind a nutritional company, wanted to do more. He launched a foundation to bring nutrition to the poor worldwide. Now, this award-winning company feeds more than 42,000 malnourished children every day. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Earn a paycheck of the heart helping others while you earn extra income. Call us toll-free at 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. 
855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com to learn more. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. Because you're active in your church, you may have wondered, how can we maintain the quality of our stained glass windows? What is their value? What would repairs cost? You can get a no-cost analysis of your church's stained glass windows at willethauser.com to help you make the best decisions for restoration or new windows. A free inspection and evaluation of your church's windows by the Willethauser Artisans can answer your questions. Over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience. Willethauser.com And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. I'm Tom Laurie. Today, we are exploring what pulls you forward, and our guest mentor is nationally renowned Alan Cox, a top CEO team and board advisor and author. If you tuned in late and missed part of the show, you can go to podcasts at TheMentorsRadio.com, and you can listen to this or any other show. Alan, when we finished up in the last segment, you were talking about those who influenced you and were mentors for you. And that brings up a question that we got from the audience in the last week from a young adult professional who wanted to know if you really can mix spirituality and your faith and your line of work. How would you respond to that person? Well, I think you can. Uh, in fact, I think uh, if you yourself are a person who's rooted uh, spiritually, there's no way, if Lars is rooted and, and genuine, there's no way it can't show up in the way you behave. So first of all, I think uh, you may not talk about it a lot, but I think as far as the way you uh, handle people and you react to them and you ask questions or you, you, uh, get, you get engaged in projects together and, and uh, just the general uh, touch and go and the activities that where you're working out on something in a cooperative way, uh, there's just no way after time uh, that some sort of a some sort of a spiritual, uh, I wouldn't call it an aura, but I would call it something that is sort of apparent, but really not in any very uh, special revealed way. I can remember I was, I was teaching a course at uh, Northwestern at the Kellogg School, and it was two successive Saturdays, full-day Saturdays, and they were for these courses they were workshops, really. They were for uh, graduates of the Kellogg Center who were out in the world and working, but the school wanted to provide a way for them to have continuing development or continuing education. And so I knew none of these people, and they didn't know me, but I had them uh, in a classroom for two successive Saturdays. And on a break... Uh, after, I I would guess in the middle of the afternoon and the first day, uh, two people came up to me, two guys, uh, successful in their careers at a pretty young age. They came up to me and they say, you know, is there something, uh, did you ever have any theological training? <laughs> and I was sort of stunned, you know, and I thought, Wow, how would that have shown through? I was just talking about normal business uh, situations and ways to develop your career and way to, ways to uh, prepare for getting a job done and making a contribution. And somehow, uh, I don't know what it was, but they, they saw it, and then they came and talked to me about it and then let me know that they really appreciated that and that they, uh, they shared those same uh, uh, general spiritual values, I guess you'd call it. You have a very good tape, uh, audio or videotape on YouTube, which is an interview with Randy Lewis, who is a former executive with Walgreens and I believe one of the accounting firms. In that tape, you talked a little bit about Religious influence in corporate undertakings and a survey. Do you recall the survey that you quoted uh, on that about uh, Fortune and 
CEOs and uh, well, is it, I'm, I don't have a grasp of it anymore, but I do remember reading that uh, uh, a, a much larger number of people at the top uh, are sort of sort of would maybe say the same kind of thing that I'm saying that uh, somewhere along in their lives they have uh, been involved in their church, and many of them, of course, have stayed involved in the church. But, I mean, I'm talking about people who are CEOs of major companies. Uh, I remember uh, Indra Nui, who is the head of Pepsi, was one of them. And uh, and then the person who, who uh, runs the AFLAC, AFLAC, you know, <laughs> runs the AFLAC, that insurance company was another one of the people mentioned. Uh, and I don't remember now offhand, just, uh, but these were uh, held out as examples of that being a pretty common thing and maybe more common than people think. So uh, as, as worldly as we may think the corporation is, there are plenty of people who are very dependent on uh, a spiritual guidance and a, uh, a softer way of doing things, even though they may be highly analytical and they make decisions in a very rational way. Uh, they do so still with some sort of a grounding uh, that just uh, allows them to connect with people, even though they're all working hard together. They gro- they're grounded with people in a different way that is really quite supporting, quite supportive. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors, if you just tuned in. Alan, as we move along here, based on what you've just shared with us, what is it that pulls you forward? Well, uh, I, I, I just know, I have the feeling you're going to begin to ask me sooner or later about Alfred Adler, because I've written about him so much. Uh, I, Adler was a um, was one of the three great psychiatrists who worked together, Freud, Jung, and Adler, and they really have been called sort of the holy trinity of modern psychology. And so I had a chance to study Adler. I did actually go to the Adler Institute of Chicago, which is now Adler University, and they've got a branch in Vancouver. So, I mean, it's been a growth thing and caught on a lot. And it's a high-quality uh, institution, and I went there for a long time, uh, you know, a course or two at a time over 10 or 12 years. So I got acquainted with Adler's work. And he had a point of view, uh, a concept, which he called the style of life. And that style of life he defined as an organized set of convictions about life of which the individual is only dimly aware. Uh, And so that person lives by this uh, style of life and doesn't necessarily know that it's governed by them. And so there can be a healthy style of life or there can be an unhealthful style of life. And so uh, I've done a lot of work with that. I I didn't do it uh, in my youth and when I first learned about it, as much as I did later, like the mid-70s is when this really hit home with me one time. And so the, the style of life is really a concept of what is it that, that pulls you? What is it that pulls you into the future? Because it's made up of three elements, as he put it. And it's, uh, it's, the, it's the I am and the life is and my hidden goal. And so the point is that uh, I'm this kind of a person, and number two, this is what life is, and then there's this uh, hidden goal, and that goal pulls me into the future, and I live my life around that without realizing it. So this organized set of convictions about life, of which the individual is only dimly aware, offers an opportunity to capture what it is that really pulls you into the future and draw some conclusions as to whether you think what's pulling you forward is really uh, right for you or not right for you. So it was a great insight 
that I picked up from him, and I, you know, I highly uh, recommend it to anybody who's willing to listen to me talk about it. I can bore you to death with it, but it's uh, it's a concept that I find very useful because the I am is your self-image, and uh, the life is is your worldview. And then your hidden goal, whether you're aware, you know, you're not necessarily aware of it, but it's it's governing. Uh, those are the three things that uh, pull you together, uh, pull you into the future for better, for worse. And uh, if you get it right, it pulls you into the future in the right way because it's appropriate for you. And if you don't, then you're sort of following a false goal or a, a road that leads to... Uh, uh, the wrong way. We'll come back to that after the break. This is Tom Laurie. I'm being joined today with Alan Cox, a top CEO team and board advisor and author, including The Achiever's Profile, 100 Questions and Answers to Sharpen Your Executive Instincts. My name is Nick Jordan. I'm the founder of Wells of Life. I'm here to tell you that there are 10 million people in Uganda without access to clean water. Imagine your water comes from a stream or pond shared with animals. Imagine that this water is loaded with parasites and disease. Each day, you have to walk three miles to fetch this because it's all the water there is. So what can you do about this? The great news is you can do a lot. Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Talk to your family, church, or company about funding your own well. Every penny goes to fund your well and will bring water and life to as many as a thousand parishioners in rural Uganda for up to 20 years. In this jubilee year of mercy, why not make this your act of mercy in Jesus' name? Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation wellsoflife.net All Catholics are invited to join the Young Catholic Professionals YCP for short National Movement One of the nation's fastest growing Catholic organizations with chapters in 15 cities nationwide and international interest YCP was founded by peers to inspire young professionals to work and witness for Christ YCP's programs are designed to help young people at every stage of the journey to grow as Catholics and as professionals Our members use their experience to become ambassadors of the faith in the public square, forming tomorrow's leaders to step forward in their communities, parishes, and workplaces. There's an opportunity for Catholics of all ages to get involved. Visit our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, to learn more about how you can get involved in this exciting apostolate. That's youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org. What would happen if you or a loved one passed away suddenly? It might be difficult to think about, but prearrangement is very easy to do. It saves you money and it's a huge relief on you and your family when the need arises. Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services is a nonprofit diocesan ministry with a compassionate staff and many beautiful sacred locations from which to choose. We specialize in guiding you through the entire end-of-life process, making decisions easy and faith-driven for you now and for your loved ones later. Call now to learn more at 800-498-4989. That's 800-498-4989. Learn how easy it is to plan ahead. Call Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services at 800-498-4989. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. If you're just tuning in, this is Tom Laurie one of the mentors, and I have a guest mentor with me today, and that's Alan Cox, who is well-known as a top CEO team and board advisor and author. One of his books, many of his books, he's written 12 books, is The Cox Report on the American Corporation. 
which Peter Drucker himself found to be very, very insightful. Or maybe that was inside corporate America. I've uh, got the two mixed up. But well, but. inside corporate America is just a uh, it's a, it's an up it, it was an updating of that a little bit. So they're both ah. the same book, but they both have the same message. Great. And the message is. Well, the message the message there was uh, I that was a heavily researched. Uh, Book and uh, there was a healthy advance that I received for that, but all of it was spent on the research that we had to do. It was a, it was a questionnaire um, sent out to uh, large and small corporations. I think there were thirteen of them, from um, consumer service and industrial companies, and half the people that uh, uh, they were sent to, and we asked to respond to. Uh, they have half of them were top management and the other were middle management. So we got the point of view from people at the very top and how they look at the world and how they look at business compared with people who are up and comers and in middle management. And, uh, that was a 400 item questionnaire and it took well over, uh, an hour to fill out with, um, uh, executives burrowing in and paying attention to it and getting the job done. And believe it or not, uh, what I'm really proud of is that we got a 93% response uh, to that invitation, which is just unheard of. I mean, just unheard of. And so it's a, it's a, it's a book that just deals with all kinds of things like executive performance. It's, effective values that we have, things where where we go wrong, ways that we mismanage our careers. Uh, and it covers a lot of subjects that I couldn't begin to recapture for your audience because they are 400 questions. But just about any any question a person would have about a career and their uh, their life and business is covered by one one or more of those questions. And uh, you can still get that book in paperback. Uh, it, I, it's a it's a trade paperback, and so you, you won't have it in a day or two, but you can get it somehow through the normal channels for that kind of thing. But it answers it it asks just about every question that could ever pertain to working in a, a corporation. So it sounds like a good book, uh, a mentoring book or a coaching book. Yeah, I think so. It's an it's an informational book, and of course that was you know published first in I think seventy four, and then I reworked it in seventy five or seventy six, and um, just not the whole research side of it, but just some conclusions and so on. So it's a it's a good book that still holds up um, because I compared. By the way, I compared that book with a book that was published in 1955 with a couple of uh, University of Chicago profs. And they it was called uh, Big Business Leaders in America. And it was just amazing how uh, the conclusions they came to uh, in their book matched, or maybe I should put it the other way around, how, what I came to matched what the, the conclusions that they came to. An example would be that uh, top executives tend to come from uh, homes that are not necessarily, I'm talking about top executives of major companies. I'm talking about the Fortune 500 and stuff like that. They tend to come from uh, modest backgrounds, and they tend to be uh, much more influenced by their mother than their father, for what that's worth. There's hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just an example. Well, that's great. Uh, we'll touch on some of these other books in, in a minute. I, I want to go back to Adler and uh, the who am I, what life do I lead, and what pulls me forward which is a fascinating, as you know, it's something that I talk to you often about, and to me it's a very uh, fascinating concept and great questions. How would somebody wanting to learn it, what would, they, what, would they, what would you tell them? How would they learn these things? How would they help find the qu answers to the – it's one thing asking the questions, 
it's another, how do I find the answers for me? And they don't all have the advantage of talking to you every day. Well, I, I really do believe in the uh, in two books I've written, um, mainly the, um, the CEO and you actually walks you through that process as best best you can because it's a highly reflective and takes some time to do some spade work and a lot of note scribbling and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you can get some ideas on how you actually go through this process of being able to answer those questions. And the, uh, the key is not that you expect to come up with just a golden set of answers, but what you do when the answers that come out for you are a little bit questionable questionable in your mind and you want to do some work on it, uh, that book and um, the current book, Your Place at the Table, they both deal with this to some extent. And uh, But the CEO, the CEO and you goes into it in pretty uh, very specific detail about how you answer those questions. I am, life is, and my hidden goal. We're following a goal we don't know we have, and it pulls us forward, and we don't know it, and uh, we uh, we trust that we're doing the right things, but uh, we may be misleading ourselves or allow ourselves to be misled. So anyway, well, you you somewhere along the line, I've uh, picked up something on these three questions, and you recommended that pull out a card, make a list, answer the questions today, and then come back and do it in two weeks. And then I believe there, there's another series of questions where you go to other people and say, who do you think I am? What do you believe my worldview is and what pulls me forward? It sounds like there's a, a couple of other things. They can read the books, and there's also a few things they can do in the interim. They can. That's, that's true. You can always ask some people you trust. And, uh, you know, I always felt that I could go to my sister and uh, throw out some ideas and she'd say you're nuts <laughs> you know? and I don't know it just happened to be a sister who's very candid and uh yeah but you, I think we all have some friends that we look hard enough people who could be very candid with us and the ways in which we're doing some, some things right and some other ways where we can uh, improve the way we're acting and uh, dealing with people one of the lists that you have in your books are the traits of the best CEOs, and I'll just read them off for you very quickly. Masters, owners, learners, innovators, and facilitators. I'd like, and we got a, another 30 seconds. Actually, let's hold this uh, for when we come back after the break. We'll talk a little bit about learning. I'm your host, Tom Laurie, for The Mentors. When I come back, we will again be joined by Alan Cox, who is the author of 12 books, including The CEO in You. We'll continue to explore what's pulling you forward in life and at work. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willett Hauser Architectural Glass. Willet Hauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. 
Then their craftsmen with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. Willethauser.com. Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. If you tuned in late and missed part of the show, you can go to the podcasts at thementorsradio.com and listen to this or any other show. This is Tom Laurie, and today we're with Alan Cox, who is a top advisor to boards, CEOs, and teams, and an author of 12 books, such as, Whoa, Are They Glad You Are In Their Lives? That's a pretty good question, isn't it, Alan? I think so. That's a book that's, uh, I'm very, I'm very proud of that book. It's a, it's a combination of poetry and uh, my poetry and my photography and then, um, it it has lessons along the way, and it asks questions, and then it has these poems, and the questions are just ideal for anybody who wants to start a discussion group on what I would call um, poetry and executive development. I think that uh, there's nothing greater. Uh, I think we've all been part of uh, groups that, by by accident or by discipline, that have been very, uh, very useful to us. I mean, we wish that every time we get involved in a group discussion, that it could be like this one that we attended once before that was just so terrific. This book helps you uh, make that happen uh, virtually always if you follow the instructions and the discussion guide I have in that book. But it begins with a poem, and then it... Uh, has some observations by me, and then there's a photograph to get your attention that somehow uh, fits, of course, with the theme of the poem and so on, and then uh, some real to-do kind of thinking. And I think it's an unusual book. Poetry, you know, is not exactly a big seller, but it, it can be. Uh, if the poetry is written in a way that it, it's really quite accessible to people, and that's what I work at very hard. It's not uh, dreamy kind of stuff. I think it can be very useful And with the uh, discussion guide. I think this can be a very useful book for anybody who wanted to assemble a, a small group to get together and, and uh, go through that book. And actually, uh, two of the other Poetry books are the, pretty much the same concept, except they're smaller, much smaller. They don't have as many So poets. this would be a little bit like Twitter. I mean, it's much more elegant, obviously, but you're saying some very important things in a fewer words in poetry, just like taking a book or an idea and distilling it down to a few lines, right? Yeah, like I that? mean, I, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, how we used to use those crib books in college to yeah. help get us through a course. Poetry is actually sort of the, the uh, that, whatever those books were called, I can't remember right now what they were, but they were black and yellow, I think, and on every, every college bookstore. But it helps you to get the, it helps you get the course in, uh, in this case, in actually a few sentences. And uh, and I think as far as human, you know, history of human thought and um, personal development and so on, I think these poems can be useful to people. And then I, my observations go with them. And then the, the poetry gets, a little, gets your attention. And then there are some discussion questions, which are, I hope, 
uh, enlivening. And my reaction from what I've heard from people is that they are. Well, that's a great segue. Before the break, we were just about ready to move into the subject of learning. Reading, uh, poetry, what you're talking about is all about learning. What has been your experience with those people who are not learners and those people who are learners? Why is this so important? Well, I mean, it's just... um as you go through life, you have to, before we took our break, you mentioned one of the qualities of, of effective exec, executives is mastery. Uh, you can't master anything if you're not, you're not willing to uh, learn it. Even if it's physical, you've got to get the idea behind what it is that goes into the making of success in, a, in, a, in an action uh, or a process, or if you wanted to lead a discussion group, I mean, you've got to be a learner. You've got to figure out what it is about group dynamics that makes them alive. Like in that book, I point out, and this, there's research behind this, you don't want a discussion group, um, a meaty discussion group. You don't want it to be larger than nine people. You want it to be five to nine people, including the leader, and then you've got a group that's big enough and small enough that uh, it's very hard for people to sit it out. And it's very hard for certain people to talk too much because there's enough intimacy that uh, the people who get tired of the person who talks too much, tell them so. <laughs> and, and box them so that uh, he can't control the group and there can be some real free flow of good uh, good ideas to be generated and picked up. So I, that's that's one way to learn, I think, is group learning and a group discussion of people who are really serious about uh, the inquiry of the questions, whatever they are. And another aspect of learning that you talk about in your books is listening. Yes. Um, well, I think a lot of us know it's important. The question is, how do we do it? You know, I don't know that I have a quick answer to that. Uh, I think that one of the ways you can train yourself to be a good listener is to be aware of the fact that you see somebody in action and you see them do something that you really think is nifty. Uh, this can be a boss, this can be a peer, this can be a subordinate, but you see that, you see that they're, 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 what they just did baffled you, perhaps, even, and how they acted so simply and got something done that was really uh, powerful. And if you will just make a point of going up to that person, whether you know that person or not, but let them know that you're in a position where you can see the results of what they do, and you say, tell me how you do that. Uh, and maybe you go a little bit further and ask a, a a very sincere question about it, like how did you uh, how did you come to the point where you could conceive that, or what led you to that point of view? Because the result was astounding. So, uh, and then of course, <laughs> the job is for you to listen to what he tells you or she tells you as an answer. And if you do that, I mean, this is just a this is a, this is so practical and so simple. I feel like I'm in third grade here, but but the truth of the matter is, the best way to become a good listener is to ask a sincere question of anybody whose performance you respect, and you don't quite understand what it was in their actions that made them effective, and you will learn. Uh, more than you ever knew, and you will have also made a friend, and you will you will have met you will have met a, a a winner to add to your network. And there's just so all kinds of good things can come out of that. You become a good listener, and you become smarter, and you uh, build your relationships in a way that are just powerful. We'll be back in just a second. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to The Mentors. Today, we are with Alan Cox talking about what pulls you forward.
What would happen if you or a loved one passed away suddenly? It might be difficult to think about, but prearrangement is very easy to do. It saves you money and it's a huge relief on you and your family when the need arises. Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services is a nonprofit diocesan ministry with a compassionate staff and many beautiful sacred locations from which to choose. We specialize in guiding you through the entire end-of-life process, making decisions easy and faith-driven for you now and for your loved ones later. Call now to learn more at 800-498-4989. That's 800-498-4989. Learn how easy it is to plan ahead. Call Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services at 800-498-4989. You have a unique perspective. Why use an impersonal, one-size-fits-all online printer? Instead, you can have beautifully crafted, professional print solutions, competitively priced from a standout local printer. For four generations, family-owned and operated Spirit Printing Services is immersed in the fabric of San Diego. Known for good service, good prices, and excellent results, Spirit Printing grew from one small press in their family's garage to what they are today, an innovative company specializing in offset, digital, and large format printing, as well as fine art reproduction. Whether you need a suite of business products, a banner, or guidance on how to bring your vision into print, their experts and personalized service are unmatched. Visit spiritprinting.net. That's spiritprinting.net. Mention this ad and get 10% off your first order. Find them at spiritprinting.net. What do a stay-at-home mom, a college student, and a firefighter have in common? They're all HopeInACan.com work-from-home business owners. Join our team and you can be the same. You'll work from home, full-time or part-time, around your schedule. You'll be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And you'll make a difference in people's lives here and around the world. In 1995, Dr. Ted Kalagris, the research doctor behind a nutritional company, wanted to do more. He launched a foundation to bring nutrition to the poor worldwide. Now, this award-winning company feeds more than 42,000 malnourished children every day. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Earn a paycheck of the heart helping others while you earn extra income. Call us toll-free at 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com to learn more. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors. Today we're talking with Alan Cox, and we are talking about what pulls you forward. And we've covered a lot of this already, and there's one subject that I ask Alan to talk a little bit about, and that's nurturing. Nurturing yourself and nurturing those around you. Okay. Well, uh, you know, the first thing, I think we all realize that there are self-centered people. Uh, and maybe when we look in the, old, in the mirror, we come to the con- conclusion, I'm a self-centered person or I'm another centered person. And I know we're all both uh, at different times. But the, the way to get through life successfully, I think, and meaningfully and enjoyably is to be primarily another centered person because when you're helping somebody else grow, you grow yourself. Uh, and so it, it's a little bit like the last segment I talked about when you ask somebody, what is it that, uh, what is it that you really did there? The result was fantastic, but I don't know what turned the, turned the key uh but on the and then in the other way it's when you see somebody 
who you believe in, and you can just see potential oozing from every pore, uh, there is really nothing more enjoyable to take that kind of a person under your wing. And you may or may not end up calling yourselves mentors and mentees, but uh, but if you do, uh, that's fine. But just understand that uh, when you take somebody under your wing to really teach and train, uh, when they show growth, at some point you've got to step back and let them go and not try to control the way all – it's so rewarding to do this, you want to keep doing it with somebody, and you have to let them – uh, you know, go up to the top of the tree and like a bird, you know, fly out for the first time. You've got to make room for them to grow. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed spending the time on air with you today, Alan. For those who've just tuned in, you've been listening to The Mentors, and we've been talking about what pulls you forward with our guest, Alan Cox, who has joined us from Chicago. You can learn more about Alan and how to get his books And you can also see the interview of Alan by Randy Lewis by going to his website, www.alancox.com. You can go to our podcast at thementorsradio.com and listen to this and any other show. Next week, Rick Brutico will be the mentor and host, and he will have Dan McClory, who is the president and head of China Equities. Usted and Company. They will together focus on international Asian market, IPOs focused on smaller companies, and how one man started a foreign investment business. Alan, I, I want to thank you again for being with us today. My next show, which will be in four weeks, will feature three distinguished professional women, and the subject will be You're More Powerful Than You Think. And we look forward to having you join us again at that time. I am Tom Laurie. I've been your host today. Until we meet again, be all that you can be and keep your candle lit for those who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.